This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh my God, I haven't opened a bottle of beer in a while. Here we go. Sorry guys, I always start off with my opening a can of beer. But I got a bottle today. I got some bungling. Love this beer. Um, but yeah, I got a bottle. I don't know why I got a bottle this time. Got a six-pack. Maybe because they went on special. But anyways, welcome, boys and girls, to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fit Network. Got a great episode for you guys. I got some of the saltwater dudes from the Paddlers Playbook. Great saltwater uh, fishing podcast. They kind of started around the same time that I started, and I've been listening to most of their episodes. One of my favorite ones was the one they did, um, I think, on how to film and record. That was pretty interesting. That was a fun episode. Uh, Dustin Nichols. Uh, no, actually, they've been on, on the Dustin Nichols Chasing the Tide, which is our version of uh, Saltwater um, podcast, uh, which you can follow every other Saturday here on Paddle and Finn. But the guys from Paddle and Spraybrook, Chris and Drew, again, one of my favorite podcasts. I'm excited to finally after begging them for more than a year to come on to the show, uh, they come in. And so it's going to be a great episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to the Paddlers Playbook, they come out every other Tuesday. And you can search on it on Paddlers Playbook. And you can also follow them on social media. I'll let them give you all the deets on where to follow them and when and where to listen to the Paddlers Playbook. They also do live shows as well. So it's pretty interesting. If you love saltwater fishing, we've been meaning to learn saltwater kayak fishing. Uh, go give them a follow and listen to their podcast. Uh, so it's going to be a fun episode. Uh, other than that, let's see. Um, KBF just dropped their schedule for the trail series and the pro series. Props to what KBF is doing in Chad Hoover. I like the fact that they're really coast to coast. You know, the Hobie BOS, they obviously look for the attendance and they get situated around, um, basically don't go west of Texas. Uh, but 
Um, you know, they found their niche. Um, so does the All-American Kayak Series and the Bassmaster Kayak Series. But what I love about KBF, it's it's really putting trails in places you don't usually tra- see uh, kayak bass fishing trails on a national level. They have it in the Delta. They have it in Lake Havasu, Arizona. I think they have one in Colorado. Last year, they had one in Utah. Not sure about this year. Uh, they got one in Oklahoma. They got it in Florida. So that really is the definition of a national trail. So I'm sure some of the guys in the West Coast pretty happy about that. Uh, I know our buddy uh, Shane Lamont from Bass Thumbs Fishing is excited about that. So, uh, yeah. So KBF bringing the national trail again, Pro Series and the Trail Series. So uh, let's see. Let's hope they have a great season if you're fishing it. Hope you guys enjoy and have a great time. Other than that, uh, big news on the Bassmasters kayak series side. Um, Steve Owens finally has been introduced as a new tournament director. Worst kept secret. We're very excited to have Steve Owens uh, at the helm of the Bassmaster kayak series. I can't think of a better uh, person available to direct the national trail. And Steve Owens is definitely one of the best at it. I mean, he's proven himself with what he's just done in the past, working with Bassmasters, uh, Hobie BOS, and the um, and the College Series and Bass Nation Kayak Series in Tennessee and I think Georgia. He's a tournament director, um, so very excited. I'm hoping the Bassmasters is not only. Um, committed to Steve Owens, but also give him the tools for him to succeed. If they let Steve Owens run this trail like he wants to run it, there's no doubt this is going to be one of the most popular trails. Um, I've been guilty of very highly criticizing Bassmasters for their decisions, Um, but to see that they're taking a step in the right direction, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. So let's hope... uh, it works out for both Bassmaster Kayak Series and Steve Owens. So congratulations, Steve Owens. All right, so we're going to quick Waypoints commercial, and then we'll have the guys from the Paddlers Playbook. Before we do, go check out the sponsor, Douglas Outdoors. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out the full lineup of LRS, X-Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rods. So check it out. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we got Chris and Drew. Was it Mr. Taco Turner? Drew? Mr. Taco, huh? M- Mr. Taco Turner. When did that come up? I didn't get the level. Look, I've wanted a nickname forever, so I got to make up my own. Like, nobody has given me a nickname. Chris calls me Baldy, but that's not, I mean, 
That's I don't love. I don't love that. Well, one. That's not it something used to. I can put that's on how the back used, of a shirt. <laughs> that used to be how it came up on my phone. Like he'd call and it'd say, "Baldy." So what's your nickname, that's, Chris? What's going to be yours? You haven't picked one yet. Uh, most mo- can we cuss on this show? Uh, preferably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'll keep my nickname out of it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be oh chris beep beep yeah <laughs> yeah name, pretty chris? much uh, man how is that important no i'm just kidding <laughs> my I last name is lewis like... man a good lewis. good welsh last name yeah there you go how you guys been doing man i've been good i've been doing well i'm i'm i know I, it says mr taco but i'm i'm sorry to disappoint you i know this is Bass kayak and beers, but I'm over here drinking coconut water. I've been having I've been having stomach issues for the past few weeks, so no beer for me. There's no, no Chris, coconut Chris, water, man. Chris, Chris, Chris will throw down some beers. He may drink one I, for me tonight. I do, but not during the week. I don't That's usually true. drink during the week because I'm one of those personality types that when I go in, man, I go in. <laughs> it's all it's all or nothing. It, it is, man. It's not going to be just one. Right. We're going to stop in the morning. (laughs) When the sun's (laughs) coming up. When when the bite is just right, that's when you're going to stop. What's the most? Okay, let's start off. Let's just start off with this. What's the most you've drinking out uh, in one day, like whether it's fishing or something? Ooh. We're going to get into that. I've got a great story for this one. I I was 17 years old. I don't drink a lot of beer, so Chris will have to take care of this. I was 17 years old. Look, you got to know something. People from Louisiana, yep. Um, there was a point in time where the drinking age limit was not 21. It was much younger than that. And yep. sometimes they, they even joke that, you know, mamas and daddies in Louisiana like to give their babies a little alcohol in the bottle, you know, help them go to sleep <laughs> at night. That. So we might got, we might have got to start back then, but... There was a Thanksgiving one year, and I'm pretty sure that we started at about 9.30 in the morning. And we closed a couple bars down that night. And so it must have gone from 9.30 in the morning until 3 a.m. Wow. And it was probably at least a beer an hour, if not more, probably more, plus shots. So... That's probably the most. Now, the most memorable drinking night ever is living on an infamy due to the bro staff and the bro staff (laughs) meetup. Those that don't know and that don't listen to the show, the bro staff is what we call our listeners for the Paddler's Playbook. And the bro staff meetup is an annual camp and fish where we get together and we just act... Bunch of hoodlums doing hoodlum stuff, man. No, it's not hoodlum doing hoodlum stuff. It's a bunch of fishermen out there Look, eating way Friday too night, much food, drinking beer, and going and trying to catch redfish. I, I think you both said the Friday same night thing. and you Saturday night is yeah. hoodlums doing hoodlum stuff. <laughs> we turn into fishermen as soon as the sun comes up. <laughs> but um, the first bro staff meetup, I thought it would be great to get like a what i would consider like a trail beer something kind of light to drink you know and then have what's called a bedtime beer 
know what a bedtime beer is, Armando? Uh, I have an idea. My idea of a bedtime yeah. beer is used to be as college days. Uh, beer, you drink uh, like a bottle of beer, and then you add, you fill it to the top with a shot of tequila. Ooh. That would be a great bedtime beer. That okay. Good, yeah. So they have... They have they have beers now that that are like ten and twelve percent, right? Just yeah. at, buying the beer alone is like ten twelve percent. Well, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy a six pack of trail beers and a six pack of uh, of bedtime beers. I get to the to the camp and and fish, and that night I said, you know what? I really want to drink one of these bedtime beers first. Get a good start to the night. Ten percent alcohol, and I drank all six of them. I don't remember the next two days. He was out. <laughs> it was a like, blur. Out, it was out. a blur. <laughs> Passed out in his excursion, just kicked back. We all were fishing. Everybody went fishing, and Chris was just out in his excursion. Just They were like, oh, where, when is Chris going to come out? I'm like, bro, I don't know. Everybody was know. using my kayaks. People were fishing with my stuff. I didn't care. Um, it was fun but miserable at the same time. Did we lose audio there? I think I think we lost. That it. was me. I was go ahead, man. Burping. In. All of a sudden, Armando Armando's lips are going 100 miles an hour, yeah. but there's nothing coming out. <laughs> well, here is how I was going. I was I, I I hate to ask this question, obviously, but I'll tell you why. It's because no, I'm not I, an alcoholic. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I'm. I can see myself doing that 20 years ago. Like I'm. I think I'm way too old for that any now. Oh, like, he hasn't done it since the last. Okay, two so how long ago was that, smooth. and how old were you back then? <laughs> oh, that was only like three years ago. Oh, okay, it yeah. wasn't that long. Well, but Chris, he, is he, a, Chris, you're a young, young stud still, right? I'm a grandfather. Oh, that's right. We said that on your podcast. Yeah, he's an old man. He's an old man. I'm not. The that, beard is I deceiving. Mean, by by any means, I'm not I'm extremely old. I'm 45. I'm not like Jeff Malott old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was 18 years old. And he's like, no, I'm 72. <laughs> he's 72. Like Jeff, when you when I had him on the podcast, he doesn't like. Nah, I sounded like no, but when I saw him in person, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess he is that old. <laughs> I, he's Jeff, he's I love social media friendly I love as you, far as. <laughs> As Good far dude, as the man. way he looks, he's very social media friendly. You know, doesn't uh, probably won't ever show his age. And you know, and I apologize. I forgot we actually talked about this on y'all's podcast when I was there, and I actually s- said you were a lot older than you look, or something like that, or vice versa. I don't know you um, guys. Look, the entire podcast uh, for some reason Armando just wanted to flame me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Armando, you didn't say he was a lot older than he looks. We were just saying that Chris was having a grumpy old man moment. He was having a grumpy old man that's, moment. I'm not, that's, I was talking about video games. Once, once, <laughs> one thread of Chris threatened me to kick my buddies enough for me to. I don't that's not to what. I, that's you know, not what not. I said. I said I was going to spank you, Armando. 
No, then you said it after. Well, then you included Drew. Like the second go round, you included Drew into the all right ass whooping. Bass kayak and beers, <laughs> listeners. Like you don't have to, but if you want to weigh in on this, oh. you need to go listen to Armando's episode of the Paddler's Playbook. And but it's comment, edited, right? N- no, I didn't edit hardly any of it. I didn't. No, really, because I, I was no, just talking no. to Dustin about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you want Paddler's Playbook?" Like. And then I was telling the story. It's like, I didn't. He said, it's like, oh, I, says, I didn't know that. It's like, oh, they probably edited it out. No, um, I didn't take very much out at all. I edited the F-bombs, and that is about He it. edited like three <laughs> three F-bombs. He left one of his in there, but edited I like always, three like looks. 10% of the F-bombs. I always forget <laughs> at the beginning. Like, I don't listen to the first, like, 20 minutes because I'm like, oh, that's not when we cussed. And then I'm dropping F-bombs and everything else, so. I mean, as when, long as there's only like one or two f bombs per episode. I was generally scared. I was at that moment. I was like, "Thank <laughs> God he doesn't live in Fort." I said it all with a smile. I went back and watched the video. I was smiling the whole time. <laughs> nah, we have fun. We have fun on that episode. You get go check it out. I wanted to reshare. I was just telling Drew before we started recording. It's like, hey, I never got to reshare it on my social media because you guys never posted about it. We're not like maybe they were embarrassed to have me. Like we don't want horrible. people to know that Armando was here. We're horrible it's on social media. You if, know what's if, funny? Go ahead, Chris. If we were better on social media, I think that's why we've we've constantly tried to find someone that could run our social media for us and and include them in the show because I believe that if we were better on social media, then honestly, our following and our listenership would be tenfold. Um, but we just, we really suck. We, at like, social we media. really suck. Well, and, and I get, I get, I mean, l- let me go back to this. We, last year, I think, when you started, Chris, you started doing the recaps, which I thought was a great idea. Like, I follow <laughs> you guys on social media, and you started was... doing like, like, oh, this on last year on. Uh, our first episode, we talked about this, and then the next week, you could recap the other one, kind of re to get people to listen to previous podcasts. And I thought I was genius, but I get I get what you're saying because sometimes, like, I have an immense amount of respect for social media guys, YouTubers, and all that. Like, I've tried it, but at the end of the day, I just want to do kayak fishing. Like, it's it's mm. one of those things where I don't want to spend two hours, three hours, four hours editing, you know. Like those guys that post three or four reels a day, I mad props to anybody that does that. I I just don't have the patience. Like even when I'm out fishing, I recorded my GoPro. Now I'm kind of used to it, but at the beginning, I was like, I don't even want to record. I just want to enjoy myself. Like I, I don't want this whole social media thing to ruin my experience. But what I think you what you guys do that I really really think it's very important it's actually more important than social media even though it's not going to give you that um huge uh exposure is you guys have this like i say this in a good way like this cult following like you guys know how to represent like how to not represent not only represent but create a brand and a culture that the locals enjoy it like the bro staff I mean, the like the paddlers, like the bro staff fans, they're hardcore fans. Like, and I, and I think big props to you guys for that because you really do create an environment that produces like, like meaningful connections that extend more than algorithms. 
that oh, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, for for sure. Some of the the people that have been at the bro staff meetups that we're talking about, or we've met through social media and things like that. Like we we hang out with them. We we fish with them. We were whenever we started this show, it was about you know putting forth that lifestyle, the the kayaker or kayak fishing lifestyle. And we we always want to portray that to our listeners, to you know the partners that we work with, like. It's all about living living that lifestyle, not like faking the funk for social media. Like, yeah. we're we're not bigger than the scene. We're I mean we're we're not bigger than anything else. We we are a part, or we want to be a part of the culture. I don't Chris know, Lee, Drew. You look pretty big. <laughs> look, <laughs> not that big, man. I'm really, I'm really not. I'm not that big. No, he's Chris. Not. What are you? He's what not. are your thoughts on that? Like, he'd break my uh, legs though if he sat on my lap. <laughs> we any can talk chance, about the first thing that pops chance up. Though. He gets to put you down. I, I no, know. it's I'm not u- like that. It's I'm not. It's it. not like that. I'm used to it. It's not. I mean, look, look. You hear all the jokes he says about this old man, Lewis. You know, in grumpy pants over here. You know, it's yeah. it's back and forth. Armando hasn't stopped smiling in like a whole yeah. minute. What's going on? Can you here? hear me though? I think <laughs> yeah, the, we can. We can hear you just fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like this. I'm trying this new. You can't right. see this, but but what we're looking at is just I'd take a screenshot of this if you would please, and then uh, we need to put that on social media. <laughs> I got the screenshot. There you go. I All right, perfect. I don't um, know why. Let me just switch out. I was trying to get to a more high resolution camera. I was actually using my GoPro as a camera, but yeah, it's not working. Let me just go back to. There we go. Let's just go back to the regular uh, camera here. Anyways, so, can you hear me? Yeah, it looks absolutely. Um, one thing that Drew is talking about is like the the lifestyle. I will I will kind of tell on Drew a little bit sometimes. And um, whenever I first met Drew, um, there was a purpose. This man was purpose driven, and one of the purposes was not only, and it's still I think it still is not just to fish and be in the outdoors, but to find a way to, to fit into the industry. And oh, yeah. I think we all kind of network want within the industry in a way. Yeah. And I mean, dude, the first time we did like a big fishing trip with like multiple people, I think we had maybe 12 or 18 people out at this place called dirty Pelican. And I'm like, where's drew. And everybody's like, Oh, he's having a deep conversation with, you know, this kayak company in the car, he'll come fishing in a little bit. <laughs> like, I'm like, man, who, who opts for a, a conversation about fishing rather than fishing? But look, the man was, was not only driven, um, you know, for, for fishing, but also a place in, in the industry. Myself, um, you know, I came from a place where fishing was almost everything. And I lost that for a long time when I got married to a lady that thought uh, Louis Vuitton purses and Gucci uh, sunglasses were more important than, you know, hanging outside. And whenever I got that back, I didn't want to let it go. So, um, but like I said earlier, we both suck at social media. So one day drew being the, you know, mastermind behind trying to, uh, get into these niches says dude let's do a podcast armando i didn't even know what the hell a podcast was man 
<laughs> no, he really didn't. He had never listened to the a same podcast here, man. before in his life. It wasn't for my wife listening to murder podcasts. I wouldn't have known what podcast was. Uh, you need to run, bro. <laughs> I know. Nah, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the best. I'm the most well-behaved husband. Like, <laughs> But she's listening they, to murder podcasts. They will not she, find she, you. She doesn't even have to check my phone. She already knows. I'm like, I'm messing with this. Didn't you, didn't you post this. something? the other day and you were like guys if i show up or if i don't yeah. show up to work <laughs> if i show if up I'm missing so- in the last next two weeks just know that jessica has been watching those nah. murder murder your man shows for the past six <laughs> hours and has not left the spot on the couch and no uh, and, and the thing is my wife listens to the ones that not not the damn new ones you know the psycho ones no she listens to the people that got away with it kind of thing like the people that killed their significant other and they didn't found him until the person the important 50 years later those are the ones she likes so those cold cases yeah she she knows she already knows all the dna stuff then you know how to clean it and (laughs) chris Chris, you were talking you know you were talking about social media just now and, and how much we suck at it we're on social media fairly often and but we're we're like hey yeah. you know we're commenting in groups when people are asking questions about kayaks or me nah, and him are I talking. hardly ever go to groups you do but I hardly and, yeah, ever go to groups but and then 95% of the time we're talking we're not talking about the show we're not talking about what we can do for the show like we're talking about fishing like, hey, the weather's like this. I was using this. Why the heck were you using those cheap swim bait hooks? Like, we're <laughs> we're we're talking about fishing stuff. So it's hard to it's hard to take the time to make a bunch of reels. Um, so no. next year, Chris has a master plan that he's going to clue me in on, and we're going to try to do like once a quarter, one full day of shooting stuff like shooting stuff for reels and shooting stuff for our partners and shooting stuff with our sponsors, you know, merchandise and things like that. And just try to do it like over a weekend and then spread that out over a few months and just do it every once in a while. But we're going to, we'll see how it all goes. You You know, one of the ones that I really enjoyed was the one you did about, um, and I mentioned it on the intro about filming and shooting and all that. And you had two of the top guys that do it, and they were going all over with the settings and all that. And I could not stop laughing every time I said at the end, Chris is like, I just put it in auto mode. That's it. Auto, <laughs> I'm just going to put it in auto mode. mode. I ain't messing oh, with that. that. <laughs> okay. That was, yeah, that was a photography um, yeah, a photography episode one, yeah. with yep. Ben Maldonado, who is yep. actually uh, an, an acclaimed, you know, filmmaker himself. I believe yep. he's, he's done really, really well. And I say acclaimed, he's acclaimed within the, the the network that that you know we reside in he's known um but ben, then, ben he legitly went to film school like yeah. he legit yeah, graduated no, from film school yeah and i think and i then, remembered somebody's like you guys i think one of them not got seriously offended but got like i don't know who like chris or do one of you said something like oh you guys chris. know a little bit I'm like the guy was like <laughs> ben was like dude i went to school what are you yeah, talking? i went to film school oh I no 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 i said i film said, school I said, uh, you went to class. Yeah. yeah you, you went to class, class for this. I said, you went to class for this. He goes, uh, I went to film school. I graduated college. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he said it with a little attitude. College, you know? Man. He was a little bit ticked off about that. But we, we fish with Ben, so we can mess with him like that. Like, yeah, if no, you, if you don't have thick skin, you cannot hang around the bro staff at all. You will get... 
I mean, it's, it's not as bad rough, as KBN. Yeah. yeah, it's not as bad as KBN, but it can be pretty rough. Like, well, it, you, you KBN is skin. KBN because it, you know, it's everybody from everywhere. It's just more like keyboard warriors. Like I, I've, I, I still don't know how people get upset at that. Like I've seen guys just go at it. I'm like, dude, it's, it's just keyboard it's it's why are you gonna they're offend probably it? Like, new to social media yeah it's like it's why they're, are you taking it sensitive. seriously they're just bro staff you guys are all there you know yeah we're not sensitive yeah at all <laughs> but let me ask you I mean, this my now, nipples you... are sometimes sensitive <laughs> here we go now let me ask you this as far as now that you've you you really build a community you really build a cult following you really you seem to be one of the go-to outlets for people to learn to do uh, saltwater kayak fishing and all that. Has that changed your perspective of, as far as, you know, do you feel a sense of responsibility now to the community saying, hey, not that you're going to change who you are or anything like that, but more like, hey, you know, I got people now asking me how to do this, how to do that. And has anything in your mentality changed about how you interact with the community as your uh, brand has grown. Chris, you want to go first? Um, you know, I can say that I absolutely have not changed at all. Um, mm -mm. The type of person that I am, the, the, the way that I speak to people, uh, the way I interact with folks, what you see. And I, you know, you want to know why? Is because for the past 23 years, I've gone to work, actually past 20, let's say 21, because the last three years have been completely different, right? Yeah. Work life has just changed dramatically for people. But yep. for 21 years, I had to go to work every single day with my shirt tucked in. You know, I had to speak to people in one tone, one manner. Yep. And, and this is what we call stuff shirt mentality, right? And whenever I step out of that stuffed shirt mentality, I just want to be myself again. And so I don't give anybody any um, any excuses as to to who I am, and I don't. I really have a hard time changing that. So it doesn't mean it. You know, being on a podcast or um, speaking to more people doesn't change. Oh, something you probably don't know about me, Armando, and this is one of another reason why. Um, I've been an entertainer since 1997. And that's a wide term. That, what, do, what do you mean by entertainer? At the exactly. cabaret. <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that's what I was worried about. I'm like, what do you that's mean why, by that's entertainer? That's why he didn't want to tell his nickname. <laughs> that's like saying Instagram model. Like, yeah, Nah, 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 nah. I've been a DJ, right? Um, All right, cool. And in all different facets of uh, entertainment, as far as your, the largest event I ever DJed at was over 5,000 people. And oh. being, being um, that type of person, that outgoing, you know, you get that energy sometimes and you're like, I don't want to let go of that, you know? But social media, you know, you talked about the keyboard warriors and stuff like that. I try to avoid those dudes at all cost. Yeah. Um, Drew knows I can get my juices flowing pretty quick and I get pretty heated. And so I don't want to, you know. I don't want to get, yeah, well, you should have seen back in the day, man, when oh, I yeah. first discovered social media, Drew was there whenever I first started interacting on Facebook and 
It was we had no to bueno, kick, we had uh, to kick same Chris out of the group chat a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he got booted from the group chat fairly often. I back, say back what I day. want, when I want, how I want, and it, you know, it. I don't fit the mold for you know your your typical. We want to. We want this guy to promote for us, but then again, I kind of do, um, because I guess being an av- avid outdoorsman, fisherman. Um, great promoter as far as being at shows, man. I love to talk in in real life. That that's, that's where you shine. That dry, that's where you yeah, shine. I love to talk in real life, man. I love to go to shows, but I've been going to to um, what what we call it like marketing shows since since the nineties, man. Like uh, where, where where trade shows. That's the word I'm looking for. Trade shows since the nineties. Where, I mean, Drew's so young, they probably never had those things. They were already on the internet. I went to trade shows and flea markets. I mean, but I, I wasn't like you, like at certain A trade City show is not synonymous VCRs. with flea market. That's why modern day shuttles, that's why modern day shuttles crash, because none of you guys learned how to set VCR clocks. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean <laughs> at all. Like but, that's that's a weird that I get what he's saying. That's a weird part about it. Like I totally get it. Like I would have, I would have said like, no, I don't get it. But I actually do get what he's saying. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Armando, you're kind of old like that. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is lying to y'all a little bit though. Like he he's saying okay, that let's he's hear been it. the same person, but he. Chris has toned it down a lot. He's, he's, he's going to say I've actually, I have, maybe, maybe I have You've toned it bit. down. Like I, I'm not I've as had busy to send you messages and I'm like, Hey dude, don't get a uh, Facebook ban because we need to promote the show. Like <laughs> chill out on what you're saying. But you, get a you burner account to yeah, unleash well, all that. <laughs> that's true. He could just, he could get a burner. I just don't account. get on there anymore. But, um, I, me, I don't think. Like, I kind of feel a responsibility towards some of our partners. Um, But a lot of our partners are on board because they liked what me and Chris were doing when we didn't have any partners at all. Um, Like, we weren't working with people. They they liked um, the way that we worked. And I've talked about this online. I've talked about this in different different episodes and stuff. But I've kind of changed. I mean... I've been kayaking since 2006 though. Like I've, we've been, me and Chris have been in the game and fishing together for past probably 10, 11, 12 years. Um, and I was homeboy. I first, it's, it's been a lot longer. Than, it's been longer than that. I think. I don't know. It, when you yeah. think, when you think about it, like 2011, well, yeah, that was 11 years ago. So yeah, that was about when we, we started 2010, yeah. 2011, when we started hanging out. But, um, I was just so gung ho to work with any company. Like I wanted to be, I wanted to be one of those get 20% off and hashtag everything for everybody. Um, I was so epitome of bro staff. Yeah. I wanted to be on a team. You know, I worked with a few companies um, and I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. And then I would post about how great this is. And this is the ultimate fishing machine. And, Everything's so awesome about this kayak. Everything's so awesome about this rod holder. This cup holder is the best cup holder ever. Like everything was 
you know, the companies that I were work I worked with are absolutely top notch. Where now having partners that have products, but also having listeners who count on mine and Chris's um, word on what we are saying works. Um, because me and Chris both fish tournaments too. Um, I've had a really good year this year. Chris has had a lot of good years in the past. But whenever we in say, the past. <laughs> yeah, you had a crappy year this year. So, but and we've talked about that. But if if me or Chris say that this product is better than this product or that product, it's meant that we've spent extended time using all three. Um, there's going to be some reasons why. Yeah, and, and we're going to give you the reasons why. Whereas in the past, when we didn't have the show, you know, didn't really have anybody listening to us other than, you know, our friends who followed us on Facebook and people in Facebook groups and stuff. It was just XYZ is the best product ever. You know, use XYZ, use the code, blah, 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 to get 20% off. Where now, I mean, I think I can speak for both me and Chris. We don't even really talk about products. We, we talk about how excited we are about the new products, but we won't even give our, you know, opinion on a product for three, four, five months after having it and actually using it because we want our opinions to hold some weight. Like we want to be, not that we are experts, but if we're talking about something, we want to be an expert Informed. on that product that we're yeah. talking about and have real world, real world experience with other products in that same area. So that that's what changed you know, a lot for me. Yeah. You know how um, we always there's there's these times when when new products coming out from like let's let's go ahead and put pure fishing out there um and i'll go ahead and use the name abu garcia and when new product is coming out from that company drew will get all kinds of shakes right i mean it's like it's like he's done seen the crack and he's a crack addict and he just can't help himself <laughs> He I'm about to it. order three Xenon tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I'm dead serious. I'm about to order three new Xenon exits tomorrow. But we still talk about, for instance, I I may have some brand new reels that I just couldn't wait to buy. And I told this world, man, I can't wait to get my hands on these reels. But I won't stop talking about the reels that I've had for the past three years that I use every time I fish. You know, um, and I'll, I'll continue to tell you why that reel, that specific reel is so damn good, even though I've had 12 different reels in the same amount of time. Um, it's just like those guys with the old greenies, man, that just uh, just absolutely love to still throw those things every single day. Um, and I think we had an episode on that. Like, why do we have like brand favorites, you know, mm. and stuff like that. But Loyalty and upgrading but, and stuff like that. But I know exactly what Drew is referring to as like the, that that feeling you get whenever you first join a company and you're like, oh, I got to start posting about this stuff. You know, um, it's the absolute best lure, you know, ever. You got to try this. Use this discount code, you know, taco, Mr. Taco 20. <laughs> well, <laughs> 20% been, off. And they've only had the you want some notoriety. For- yeah, they've only had the lure for one trip, and they caught, like, two fish on yeah. it, and now they're posting the same pick, like, seven I, times, saying how great uh, this is. And that's a great I'm point not, that I wanted to add. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I, well, I'm not going to lie. I, I did it a couple times, like, back in back in the beginning of my man's days, and, man, I felt dirty. 
I felt dirty. <laughs> I and then my mean, friends, yeah. and then my friends came right at me, dude. And they were, like, I started getting pictures of uh, them drinking like a soda, but they put a wrap on it and it said man's Kool-Aid on it. And I was like, oh, hell no. Uh-uh, I'm not doing that shit again. <laughs> That's that's one thing that I wanted to touch on because I'm and you know I I think we're both in the same position, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like I personally don't live out of this. Now I have my sponsor Douglas Ward, and I do get free rods. I and I do get some money. Uh, then I can't how long you've been using Douglas rods? I've been using them for two years now. Okay, two um, years. Did they approach you? I approached them. Because uh, Brian okay. Schiller, the OG, uh, well, we call him the OG of uh, uh, Paddle and Finn, got me, told me about it. I ordered them. I tried them. And I was, you know, I was at that point where I realized three rods ain't going to do it for me. I will always thought like, oh, yeah, all I need is one rod. Then as I got more into kayak fishing and all that, oh, and I need two. Ah. Then I think three. And I was like, okay, I realize now that I'm just going to be this guy that's going to carry as many rods that I can. And I want to be specialized. So I, I look for a brand that I like, but I also didn't want to go with a brand that's already established. I wanted to go with something that this is quality, something that I trust. But at the same time, it's not St. Croix. It's not G. Loomis because they're already established. And I wanted to help out a company Listen up, that folks. I can say, hey, if they grow, I was part of it instead of something that Listen was established. Up, folks. If Drew was near his... Uh little keyboard thingy he'd do the wah 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 <laughs> pro tip pro tip so but for all of going, you guys going that back are... to that you know none of us live out of that um i you know going back to douglas i chose him because i really trust the rods but i've always you know talking myself into doing this i've always thought I'm never going to be that guy that says, if you are a real fisherman, you have to use this product. Or if you, and that's something I talk with Douglas. It's like, listen, I'm not going to do this. Now I have the rods and and, I'll, and if I, you know, I like them and I'm going to speak to what I like about it. Um, but I'm not going to be that guy that's, that's going to put down people just to say like, you're not a serious angler unless you use this product. I think that's disrespectful because, it's, first of all, it's not factual. Anybody can be a serious angler, you know, but maybe they can't afford it. So it kind of puts people down that maybe their budget doesn't allow them to buy a $400 rod. So why am I going to make them feel like crap? Because I'm saying so there's that balance. Now, what I'm really wanting to head into this is like I don't live out of this. This is not my job this is not what brings home the bread i'm assuming it's the same for you guys this so, cost us money homie look it just makes is, my cost a little bit easier but it yeah. still costs me more than what i make this is but, like the first part of what he started talking about whenever he started yeah. talking about working with Doug, douglas and that's why i mentioned the pro tip because people listen up if you're interested in fishing seriously, it costs money. And That's true. don't be shame don't be afraid and don't be full of shame just because you need a little help to get it done. And go into some of these companies if if you're serious and you can actually do something in the industry for yourself and for other people, they'll see value in you and they'll yeah. see value in the things that you do and they'll be glad to have you on their teams. So whether you approach them or they approached you, I like the fact that you came right out and said, look, I can't 
afford to do. Well, you didn't say it like that, but you're like, you're like, look, I don't make a living off of this and it costs me money. So if I can get help, you know, I can't do it with three rods. I need 85 <laughs> and <laughs> 85 rods cost a lot of money. So, you know, Douglas rods, great company. I believe in them. So I went to them and said, Hey, look, can you finance 82 of them? Cause I already have three. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But going to going horizontal. back to that point is that that to me is like the like I a I don't want to put people down and say like you're not like you're not a good or serious angler unless you choose this product. That's not necessarily true. There's a lot of great rod companies. Douglas is not the only great rod company. And I say like rods are like uh like your favorite beer, your favorite wine, or your favorite piece of art doesn't matter how much it is if if it if you love it and you like it and it works for you that's the best one there is you know some people will swear by by sticks you know <laughs> they'll say like oh no sticks is because it works for me it's durable it won't break which they won't you know so for them that's their best deal you're talking about like that's ugly what sticks they love doing yeah ugly sticks yeah that's the one i was gonna say so it, it, fishing, it, baby. <laughs> it, it's that different it's so i'm never gonna be you know, somebody that's going to put down the community in order to sell a product. I also don't think, and you, you can tell me what your thoughts on it, on this is like, what is, what do you, the word sellout gets thrown out so much. And to me, the way I de define somebody that's selling out is that you're promoting something, whether it's a service or product that you yourself would not invest on or because you don't believe in it. That to me, and that's just interesting because going back to ugly sticks, there can be people out there. I could say, hey, you know what? I love, I genuinely love ugly sticks. They're, I love it because they're durable. And by the way, they are durable. So that's my favorite rod. And I'm, and I get a sponsorship with them. I wouldn't call that a sellout. Although most people say, oh, that's with that crappy. No, that because regardless of, where that product lands in the upper echelon, it's more of like, does the person that's promoting it believe in that product? Now you can have nobody that is promoting St. Croix or G Loomis is going to be accused of being a sellout because we all know those some of the biggest companies now are the top of the line. Yeah. But let's just say I'm somebody that I don't like G Loomis and I think it's overpriced. And all of a sudden I get a sponsorship out of it. And now I'm promoting it. To me, that's that that is the definition of a sellout. Somebody that sells something, regardless of, of the, how good or bad the product is. It's if you don't believe in it and now you're promoting it to your followers. Because at the end of the day, your followers are the ones that are helping you get promoted. And now you're feeding them something that you yourself don't believe in. That's what I, I define as a sellout. I would I would add, add on top of that that uh, not not just, you know, something that you don't believe in. You should not promote things that you have not used, that you have That's not true. put through its paces, that you have not, you know, taken out for half a season that you know you haven't even had on the water um I, i'm i'm all fully in agreement with the the sellout for items that you don't believe in um but one thing you know for me and chris that has really helped us is we made it a point 
whenever we started talking to partners um, and sponsors for our show, we did not want to be pigeonholed into small little sectors. Like we did not want to sign with mm. a bait company, like someone who makes soft plastics. Like we did not want to sign with a soft plastics company at a Corpus or at a Houston or, or something like that, because we would be forced to talk about a product that we may or may not love every, everything about it. So luckily we're able to work with pure fishing, which has, you know, Abu Garcia pin has Berkeley, which has tons of baits and everything. Yep. So we really do get to talk about and emphasize the stuff that we're using on a daily basis. Well, weekend basis for me but on on a frequent basis same thing with you know we work with mariner sales mariner sales has every kayak brand except for jackson i think under under their roof they have yep. everything so we have an opportunity to talk about you know yak attack products yak gadget products uh fpv power batteries like we have a opportunity to talk about all the things that we actually truly believe in and i think if guys are listening to this and, you know, please just don't, don't be like me when I were, I was younger and I, me and Chris like to joke. It's, it's those fishermen that have the NASCAR hashtags. They have 23 hashtags on there for, you know, companies that they're going to give you 10% off. Like work hard, get your name out there. If you get out there enough and if you put, quality content and it doesn't sometimes just consistent content it don't even yep. have to be like awesome awesome quality just consistent you can get with the bigger and better companies that you don't have to sell out for um yep. so don't 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 sell yourself short just just to get that first sponsor so you can have a jersey and throw some uh Dude, throw some jerseys are expensive and stuff on there jerseys are expensive man I'm about to buy some for next year. But, what yeah. about you, Chris? What are your thoughts on that subject? Well, you know what about that hashtag thing, Drew? Is my hashtags are stupid. You know, <laughs> I'll be using hashtags like "is going" hashtag "is going down" like doo-doo brown. You know, ain't nobody gonna <laughs> click on that and find out <laughs> what that, that takes you is to a for. whole different spot. <laughs> yeah. in, in Dark Instagram. web right there. Just yeah. <laughs> whole different spot um, that's why the midgets keep coming up on my instagram feed because of chris's <laughs> hashtags hey bro that that is so not pc <laughs> um, we lost drew for a second here. go ahead chris drew, well drew has diverticulitis he got belly problems so he probably gotta go <laughs> he didn't you know, flush down doo doo brown um, <laughs> what what was the question again? Okay, so what what uh, is uh, selling your out. opinion on selling, selling out, out? Where do you draw the line on? I it? was actually called a sellout this year. Really? And by none other. Your mic is not working, sir. You're still on mute. For who? For what company? My mic? No, no. Drews was working. Oh, okay. Drews was out. No, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, that a company called me a sellout. A person called me a sellout. And the person was something very near and dear to oh, both oh, of I us. Heard, I just heard this story before you got in. From Did somebody you? else. From Dustin. I think I fit the same story. Nah, this was in private. Um, Jess called me a sellout this year. Tournament director? No, Jess. Uh, Saltside Jess. Saltside, Saltside Jess is who does our commercials for us on, oh. on the 
paddler's playbook. And it just so, so sit happens back, to relax, be relax and enjoy the paddle. <laughs> that's that's Southside Jess. So that, okay, so that's your wife or Drew's wife? I know it's that is Drew's my, fiance. Okay, that yeah. fiance. Okay, that's what I've heard. And okay. and uh, she's just been a great friend to me ever since we met. A great person, and I really enjoy being around her. But this year, she called me a sellout for getting a motorized kayak. Yeah, yes, she did. She called you smooth <laughs> out. Yeah, and and. I guess that's one way of selling out because I have always been about the paddle life and maybe even the pedal life. Okay. But, um, and I even told people at the beginning, I was like, look, I'm doing this for science. (laughs) 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 And, um, it was, it was fun, but, uh, we're, we're going to sell that kayak and move on to something different. Um, Drew, I like the way you put it as far as, you know, working with companies that have multiple brand representation, because so many people have asked me, you know, not only have I been fishing for a long time, but I've been kayaking for a long time. And they've said, if you've been fishing and you've been successful and you've been kayaking and you love it and you're always out there doing it, why aren't you represented by a brand like Hobie? And I said, well, why would I want to pigeonhole myself? I love using Hobie, okay? At one time, I had probably every single Hobie that was ever made. Why would I want to pigeonhole myself and have to only use one type of kayak or one brand of kayak whenever I usually have three or four different brands at one time? Um, And I like them all. There's different things that I love about all of them. So working with a company that can afford me the opportunity to continue trying all the different brands really so that I can have fun with them because they're honestly boy toys man toys sorry they're man toys but I can also talk to people about them right people like our listeners on our show and on your show Um, we get to bring a lot of experience whenever it comes to kayak brands Chris, I'm Chris is not joking lot. when he says like he's had every Hobie, <laughs> At, from the Revo to the Tandem Island to the. Uh, well, I never had the, a Tandem Island, but I I had a, an Adventure Island. Uh, Adventure Island, sorry, you had the Adventure yeah. Island, and then I myself, man, I've been through probably thirty kayaks. Really? Over? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Me and Chris were both really really bad about. Just going and getting one, having it three or four months, selling it, getting a new one, have it three or four I months. I would say probably it, closer a to a year. Six months, would, a year. But I do like two or three at a time. Like I'd, yeah. I'd buy two or three and then I'd use them for a year and then I'd be like, yo, you know what? I want to try this other one. So I'd sell what I have and then buy the other ones. Um, I'm not, a, you know, the only kayak that I've absolutely been in love with and to this day still use is the Tarpon series kayaks. The Tarpon 160 is one of my favorites. But as far as, man, I kind of have a hard time with the whole sellout thing. I don't think I've ever really used that term, man. Uh, We don't hang out with people like that, though. That's the thing. I guess not. I guess that's... Well, but yeah, no, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure you don't, but, like, that that's easy. You, you can easily avoid those people. But having social media, you know, having, you know, keyboard warriors come up and... and Actually... You know, and, I, and, even, I, and even if it's not, it's not about people calling you, it's within yourself. Like, how do you feel? Like, 
What were your internal? What were your I actually just, conscience? I just thought of something. Yeah. I just thought of something. There was a time when um, the pro staff movement just exploded. Right, there was actually a company out there that would do nothing but uh, promote for pro staff. I can't remember the name of that company. There, you, you had you filled out you filled out an application, and then they hooked you up with different companies. Yeah. It was like and a they, dating. It's like a date. It was Tinder for pro staff. Is basically it was what Tinder it was. for pro like, staff. Is what swipe yeah. left if you want to swipe right for the. I don't even know which way you're supposed to swipe. I, I haven't been around. Sure Tinder, you do. You sound like a pro there, buddy. Yeah, I, you go right or left. <laughs> it sounded like you went swipe. down that rabbit hole, and then wait a minute, like I have to. How do yeah, I yeah. I better stop here. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me just say I don't know how what he's like Tinder. Up, What's though. Tinder? I don't know what that is. That's my that's steak. the way I like Medium my steak. <laughs> Medium rare. But so back then there was there was uh, there was a lot of selling out. Okay, because everybody yeah. wanted to be a part of the pro staff, and that's kind of where honestly uh, the term bro staff came from. But I digress. Let yeah. me talk about this first. There were companies like okay, carrot sticks, notorious notorious for bringing people into their group that had never used their product before ever and then all of a sudden everyone was a carrot stick pro staffer do you remember that drew mm-hmm. is that a everyone, real company carrot sticks or you made up it used to be it used really? to be yeah all yep. their all their rods were uh orange orange well most yeah. of them they were orange and they were white and orange really yep never heard of yep so, uh, well, this was, I don't know, five, six years ago, probably, mm-hmm. maybe even longer. I don't know. But um, anyway, Armando, that to was equate probably... it to something, it's kind of like the Wu Tungsten. But Yeah. Yeah, that, I was going to go there, thing. like Wu Tungsten, yeah. That sounds like a freshwater thing. It is. It when is. you throw it, you go, Woo Tungsten. <laughs> I imagine the they were going for the Wu Tang Clan <laughs> angle. I don't know. So, Wu-Tang Tuxin ain't nothing to mess with. <laughs> oh, God. So now back to the bro staff thing. So during that time period, um, there was a lot of old school anglers that were legit promotional staff or professional staff for these companies out there. And they got they started to get sick and tired of the pro staff. Um, you know, try this, it's, you know, and use my discount code. And so they came up with this term bro staff and drew, I think he came up with the idea of it. He's like, yo, dude, we want, let's use the term bro staff, but let's flip it. Let's get rid of the negative connotation and make it about brotherhood rather than, you know, um, a discount (laughs) on product. And, and so we did, we stole that term and honestly, um, we're going to do more with that term. We just haven't gotten off our proverbial fat butts to do it. Um, although mine's proverbial, Drew's isn't, um, <laughs> Again, it's my belly Again with the shots, it's my belly. It's not <laughs> any my time, any it's chance he gets it. It's a, uh, if it makes him feel better, I just let it happen, you know? Uh, I'm, okay I'm just, I'm just, I'm just jealous, man. That's I'm all secure in my full bodiness. I can't keep my pants up to save my life. 
Oh, you should see my. Youth. I mean, my. That's funny you said that because we were going through my uh, GoPro footage, and I'm <laughs> Jessica was like, "Pull your pants up, God dang! You can't even get a good, a good. You can't even put that out from the back. As soon that, as you stand up, doesn't that suck though? Like you set up your cameras perfect, and then you got to stand up to land the yeah. fish, and all you get is crotch shots for like yeah. a full oh. minute and a half, two minutes. Okay, quick plug here because we're just talking about not selling out or anything, but I just set up the um Yak Attack boomstick. Oh, that's a good one. Dude, it is it is great. It it has enough um the base has enough I don't want to say heft. The base, yeah, it's hefty enough on the base yep. where it doesn't flex really bad and it's tall enough where you don't have to get an angle too far away from your boat. Where you know it looks like you're feeling seasick watching it because the yeah. the bar is going up and down, up and down, up and down. Although the GoPro ten with the horizontal or the horizon leveling helps out a lot with that though. But that boomstick is legit. I mean, I finally really got to put it through its paces, and that so boomstick is ever, awesome. Have you ever? Did you ever have the old boomstick? Uh no. I had a ram okay. mouth that I added I like have, ten dog bones to, and that did not work out. <laughs> I have the I have the original, and I don't know if there are any videos out there that compare the original to the new one. And I thought about doing that um, because the original boomstick there is so much that they've improved on in the new boomstick, man. And well, it, I think it's mainly the lock and still load good system. For some things. No, yeah, the lock and load not. system it's, has helped a lot. It's not just the lock the and load system, mounting. though. It's, well, I'm just it's saying, almost, like the heft of it. Well, yeah, sure. You're not just relying on on a ram ball or a ball mount, um, which is what it used to be. It used to be a peg and a ball mount, I think. No, mm-hmm. there was a yep. there was a like a turret system on it too, or not a turret, whatever they call it, um, sprocket, uh, gidget, gadget. I don't know. Adjustable knobby thing. Yeah. <laughs> but the the new the new boomstick is really awesome. So let me ask you this now that um we, we talked a little bit about your podcast and and how you got started and all that and what you want to do with it and the pro staff and all that, which again big props to you guys for really building something in that resonates with the community. And I see it on, you know, talking to saltwater guys down there. Um, you know, there seems to be like this real connection with the community that is not superficial. It cannot be measured by algorithms. How did, what did you find in kayak fishing that made you feel the need to like share it and build a community around it? I've always said, and, and we talked about it a little bit in our episode, Armando, I'm all for people doing things that keeps them from acting crazy uh, in their real life when they're around me at the grocery store or they're driving <laughs> their car or, you know, uh, I, I go to a place that they're working at and they're in a good mood to, to help me out. Um, kayaking for me, because I have a fairly stressful job, I'm I'm talking with dealing with issues you know eight hours a day while I'm at work Um, kayak fishing to me is a very very active way of relaxing Um, and why when you're out there kayak fishing it takes your mind away from you you can't focus on other things while you're kayak fishing or you're not going to be successful 
and you're not really going to enjoy it unless you just want to go float around. You don't care about catching any fish. But if you want to go catch fish, like you have to actively be engaged in everything. And that's what I want to share with people. And me and Chris have always had, you know, the same type of thought pattern whenever we were putting together episodes. We want to make people's day on the water more comfortable because we want them to enjoy it because we want them to do it more. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty simple. Like that's, that's why we put out content. We want people to catch fish. We don't want people to have to jack with rods and reels that, that aren't going to hold up for them. We want to give them tips on baits that have worked for us that we think will work for them. We don't want them to have to struggle as much. We still want them to have to struggle now. We're not going to be selling spots on Patreon or anything like that. Like, <laughs> we still want you to struggle a little bit because that, that's part of the process. Yeah. But we want them to enjoy it, enjoy being out there on the water, not going crazy, having road rage. Like, do they, people need to find an outlet, and kayak fishing is one of those great outlets, but it can also be very frustrating if you don't know what you're doing out there. So we want to try to help educate and entertain folks so they can have better time out there on the water. That's awesome. Chris, what about you? This sounds all very wonderful, Drew, and I feel so relaxed. And <laughs> don't ruin it now. <laughs> I, I'm not. This is this is my real voice, and this is the way I speak to people on a daily basis. It's amazing and calm, oh, relaxing. <laughs> Just listen to my voice. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say something a little bit on the opposite spectrum here. But before I do, I'm going to tell you about a really good fishing partner of mine. His name is Dennis Galvin. He is a librarian, and he's probably one of the most chill people I know in my entire life. But he never like Drew, would like to get up early in the morning and go fishing. I still don't every, like to. Every time I hear the intro for your podcast, by the way, I, I just I just get I upset. I'm not getting up that. You, at the butt to, crack yeah, of dawn. I just get upset. I get all rage, and then, then I listen to the episode and calm down. But go ahead, Chris. I digress. <laughs> Once again, so he almost he, died. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I used to get Dennis up at like 3 a.m. in the morning to get him to go fishing with me. And he'd be like, Chris, why again are we getting up at freaking 3 a.m. in the morning? And it took about four or five times for me to take him fishing while the sun is coming up and while all of the earth's creatures are starting to wake up and become vibrant. And then he started to realize watching the world awaken is pretty amazing. And it's not like it puts me into a happy place. It honestly makes my heart start to race. I like adrenaline, man. And I'm all for getting out there and doing something crazy. That's why I started getting into it. That's what I really like to bring to the 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 sport. I know we didn't talk about this whenever you were on. You you know, we had that discussion about what we like to do for the sport and all that. Yeah. I got more into the analytics of what the sport actually means. But I like doing crazy stuff, dude. I will go out there and paddle a kayak for 20 plus miles and go somewhere absolutely ludicrous just to say I did it. 
doing offshore excursions, bro, I was like in heaven. I'm like a hundred foot of water below me and I can't see it. What's down there going to jerk me out of the kayak? Let's do it. I'm done with those days. <laughs> going down falls, bro, let's go. So you, know, you just, you want people to experience that same type of rush that you, you experience. It's, it's well, living, man. I'll tell you that. All of it. All, yeah. The, just all of it from, from the earth being dead asleep all the way to, you know, doing something crazy that makes you almost poop your pants. You know, it's, let's do it. it it's, it's fun. And, you know, you're talking about, the the birds waking up and and the craziness of it there there is something to, to be said about you know it's the water is so calm everything's calm and then all of a sudden it's like hook set thermal convection man chaos like and then just chaos ensues <laughs> as soon as you hook that big fish it's like you're drag screaming like like I was I was watching the video from this weekend you know, hook the fish, boom, drag screaming. I'm trying to turn on a camera. I'm trying to flip the other one around. I'm looking for gra- trying to grab my net, and then I'm getting my fish grips, and my little walkie-talkie goes flying in the water. My brother's on his walkie-talkie going, come in, submarine. Is this submarine? Come in, submarine, because <laughs> it's at the bottom of the bay now. Um, and then after the fish gets in and it's released, everything's calm again. It's like calm, 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 chaos. Calm, 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 chaos. If it's a good day, so that calm and chaos, like that—that's that's a good mix. That that's just enough, like serotonin going, just enough craziness for me. Anything more than that, I don't know. Like I'd be on edge all day long. You know, there's a lot of different aspects of of doing this though. That it's not just the adrenaline. It's not just the fishing. It's not just the paddling in serenity. It's not just the landscape. It's not it's just, uh, there's so many layers, man. And it's more than an onion to peel that sucker back. Yeah. Um, it's also the, the connections that you make with the people. Um, it's the conversations that you have with those people. It's, um, it's the people that have never heard about what it is that you're doing, that you're sharing a story at a table at work where you're, you know, you got a 30 everybody break. thinks you're crazy because you go and out everybody and thinks i'm nuts bro i ch- this one guy at work i mean he's like a 60 year old engineer and he's like man i've really been thinking about getting one of those kayaks i said well buddy i got a couple for sale let me send you the listing i send them the listing he's like what in the i didn't know them things were three thousand dollars <laughs> so then he run, yeah. absolutely thought i was nuts that I had a kayak that was worth $3,000. And I was like, dude, it's $3,000 used, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's not even new price. Yeah, that's, that's not, not even new it's price. It keeps yeah. going up. Every time I look at them, they just keep it going does, up. man. It, they, they're getting a little bit ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, there are so many facets to, you know, different layers to peel back on, on kayaking and fishing. But I, I think, like I said, Chris, though, I, you can agree, like, we do the show to be inter- informative, entertaining, but also try to make your time on the water better. Yeah. I just love telling stories and talking. <laughs> just get it out of your mind and into the world. <laughs> hey, Armando. Out in the you podcast. Know, you, know what, you know what I, uh, I've always said about 
what's the best way to recharge your batteries? You know, whenever, whenever you have batteries, like, do you have an electric kayak? No, I just not, and okay. not that I'm against it. I just. All right. Well, what I about, what it. about, do you have rechargeable batteries at your house? Any type of yeah, rechargeable yeah. The lithium's batteries? Yeah, the lithium's for electronic stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Lithiums, you know, it used to be nickel cambium was really bad about this, but you had to really drain that battery all the way down to zero in order to get a really good full charge. That yeah. was the best way to, that was the best way to recharge your battery. Well, you know what? Your body's the same way, buddy. Yeah. So whenever it comes to recharging, you should drain that sucker all the way down. How about those days when you've been out fishing on the kayak and you spent all day long and you're like, I don't think I could paddle another stroke. And you go home, how do you sleep that night? Oh, like a baby. Like a freaking baby, man. And you don't <laughs> yeah, even I... remember what being a baby's like. <laughs> but you See, sleep dead to the world. See, Chris, this is this is why, like, we've got people talking about about the show because they said that they they enjoy it because they get to hear the yin and the yang they get to hear both sides of the story well we ain't gonna talk you, about your yang bro well you're talking about paddling 20 miles and you sleep good <laughs> man i'm hitting my motor on my autopilot and taking a <laughs> melatonin and i'm sleeping just as good bro like you can have that that is not why i'm in it <laughs> you you could go well, i still i still gotta take drugs too but want. i gotta I'm take be drugs for my other things <laughs> I ain't messing with that. This is, you know, this is the interesting part because this is the part like on the podcast, you know, we, we joke that Chris sounds like the old man, but really on the water, it seems like Drew is the old guy. Like he doesn't want to get up early. Oh, for this sure. guy, this he guy doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to do that. Like hundred percent. I'm not about that grind, baby. I'm not about that. I'm about, let's there, make this as easy as possible. Armando, there was this, this, there's a lot of places that Drew is just now learning how to fish, okay? Because he used to be the type that would just go to one spot. <laughs> and that wasn't, wasn't a far very, paddle from the launch. It was not far from the launch whatsoever. I'm talking 20 yards, 30 yards. and uh, 100 yards to get around said, that cut. I know where you're talking about. I said, look, let me take you to this this uh, this place in Freeport, man, because you don't have to go very far at all, and you can start catching fish. <laughs> That's when we went over to Old Swan, man, and mm -hmm. you were like, dude, I like this. Yeah. I barely had to go just right there. I didn't have to go around the corner to catch fish, man. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I'm I'm going there, you know, like I'm going to fish to relax more than anything, unless it's a tournament. Like if then if it's a tournament, like I'll grind. We can grind all day long. Like the last last tournament, me and Chris both fished in thirty mile an hour winds. It was cold. We grinded it out all day. Like we. You remember the first tournament we ever fished together in? Mm, no, which one was it? All right, so the first, we weren't partnered up, but we fished the same tournament, and we fished together, um, or we launched together, but it was um, the the showdown, the South Texas showdown. Oh, yeah. And and it was at Fence Lake. Mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, I remember. We fished, we fished Fence Lake, so we all launched, and by 11 o'clock, Drew disappeared, and we're like, damn, where the hell did Drew go? Like, he's gone. We can't find him anywhere. Later on, I get in touch with Drew. I'm like, bro, where, where'd you go? And he was like, 
man, y'all were doing too much. <laughs> like, y'all were too to far leave. away. <laughs> I went. I went He's to like, the first I had to lake. Get the hell out of that. Yeah, I blew out a few fish, and I was I was done. But I also, you know, I was also definitely not as confident in my own skills and finding fish um, as I am now. Back because that had to be like five or six years ago. Like that was a that was a while that back. Was, that was yeah, that was like six or seven years ago. Yeah, that had to be a while. I, I wasn't confident in my. And own you didn't have a motor there. then either. That's very true too. And I didn't have pedals, so it took me a while to get pedals. Like I had a PA was my first pedal drive, and that was like six years ago. And it's been all down here. What do you there. What do you fish out of, Armando? I don't I don't even know what you fish out of. Uh PA fourteen three sixty. I, I need I need y'all's, I need y'all's help yeah. on what what I should get for my boat next year. I, I don't know. You don't need our help. I don't know what I want though. I really don't. Well, the most that's look. something we don't want to get ourselves like we. Do, I'm sure Chris because you know you're closer to Chris and obviously than I am. But you know, I don't. Chris doesn't want to get in trouble with your wife because you're he's <laughs> input because you're gonna blame Chris. Like, well, Chris told me to buy this kayak. Oh I yeah, hundred percent. Chris's fault. It's gonna be Chris's <laughs> fault. But our, our our partner, our partner over at Mariner Sales hooks us up. Um, Duke Trent. Yeah, they Big they person. hook us up, so we kind of get to pick pick what we want. You want to talk that for a little bit, man? Like, what what would be your next kayak that you? Yeah, what is going to be your next kayak? I don't know. I I don't know. So what are you going to be like? So, so, I mean, I'll be perfectly a hundred percent transparent. I I have the um, big water right now pedal or for pedals so if i'm fishing a tournament where i need to use pedals i use the big water i love the big water um it's great for marsh standing up and paddling it whenever i'm sight casting that thing glides through the water really really well because of the way it's set up and it's very very stable it's pretty efficient it's fast it's one of the faster old towns um whenever you're pedaling it so that, that used is to the be one the that, predator right yes that is the one that I'm keeping. That that one's staying here. Um, but for all of this year, I've used the autopilot. And I love the autopilot. I love being able just to hit a button, click, click, click. It sucks putting it on the truck. Like, it really sucks. And I do not have room for a trailer in my garage. If I had a trailer, I'd get another autopilot. Plus, it's a little... Yeah, slow. you don't have a trailer for that autopilot? No, I, I put yeah. it... Well, me and me and my brother, when we're fishing tournaments, um, we take his trailer and we put it on the bottom for that. But if I'm going solo, it goes in the back, in the bed of my truck. And that sucks. Like, yeah. I can... I, I'm not that tall heavy. either. You know, I'm 5'8". It's hard for me to lift that 136-pound yeah. whatever just to get it on the T-bar to roll it in there. So I'm just trying to figure out something a little bit smaller, um, a little bit lighter for me to load in the back of the truck, but still be able to have something that's motorized. Now, the only thing there is I am very, very hesitant to do a bow mount on anything because guaranteed redfish are going to run around the front of your kayak yeah it's gonna happen and they're gonna go underneath and right now with the autopilot i have for this whole year nothing has got tied up in my motor lucky you but i'm almost positive that if i put a bow mount on there there's gonna be fish loss to that motor 
to that trolling motor on the front um, just because of the way that the, the redfish run whenever they get there because they go straight under the front of your kayak almost every single time. And that's let, let me ask you this because I'm and I'm completely ignorant. I haven't fished for redfish in a kayak, but I fished for redfish in the marsh on whatever boat they call it. I know it's not a it's a different type of boat. I forgot the name, but yeah, skiff. Um, so the it really, I mean, to me, a bow mount is not really needed in the sense that if you go to like a bass fishing lake and you got like forty foot deep and now you use a bow mount to stay but marshes usually they tend to be really shallow right so you can just stake pole it and don't and don't move right am i wrong you you can i used to be that guy and you can ask you've been fishing some deeper water though lately deeper water but we've been even in the shallow marshes that we've been fishing it's a lot more moving a lot a lot a lot of moving Um, paddle more cast less homie yeah and that that's what i've been doing is i'm more confident in finding signs of redfish in areas knowing which points to hit knowing you know if i'm gonna fish the leeward shoreline or the windblown shoreline and if i'm fishing those which side of the island is going to be the most productive so i'm more confident in knowing hey, I'm going to beat the hell out of the backside of this island, and I know that there's going to be a fish there. Whereas before, I would set up mainly at a drain, pull down, and just wait, and just cast and cast and cast. I knew and cast I, I knew I could always come back to that drain. drain that Drew would still be there. <laughs> yeah, that same drain. Where, where now, even in, you know, the shallow marshes, I mean – if you got two foot of water, you can still you can still stand up and sight cast for redfish with the with the autopilot. I mean, I can go all the way down a shoreline, you know, all the way around a lake in most lakes, and and still be able to uh, use use the motor. So, I mean, to me, the motor in when we're talking about the motor on the back, you know, like a Tokido or Newport, that's just to get from point A to point B. Like I have a big lake, I have a big uh trek then you know put that thing down haul ass and get to my spot and once i'm there then i'm just using my paddles uh spot lock they're so slow that to me that's where i was i would think that's more not just to get to point a and b but once you're in point b you know you spot lock and then you don't have to worry about anything else Uh, yes and but the thing that that a lot of bass fishermen unless they're you know, on the West coast. Um, we're also fishing tides and moving water. Oh, that's true. So it's very, it's, it's very nice to be able just to set my autopilot on like one or two going against the tide. And I'm able to slowly work a shoreline. Whereas if I was coming the other way, I mean, the, the tide would be pulling me out faster than I want to fish that area. So I can just hit, you know, put it on one half, put it on two, two and a half if it's really ripping. And I can work my way through areas where the tide's coming out of some of these drains or even the wind is blowing across this this lake. And I'm nosing into the wind and I'm able to hit different areas a lot more efficiently when I have that motor. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, But a motor on the back, I can still do that. 
like I could still put it on too. I just have to know, I have to either always be nosing into the wind or, you know, pointing the bow into, you know, opposite of whichever way the tide is going to really hit those. You just gotta, the, you honestly got to go slower. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's I, more trickier because now the, the motor's behind you. So the wind, the wind hits you, it's going to pivot. It's going to pu- push me yeah. side to side, yeah. which I want to be able to use, you know, my rudder as well. Um, for drifts whenever I'm not using the motor. So that's why I'm having so much issues because I'm like, man, I want to be able to use my rudder because I want to be able to get on a drift whenever I don't need the motor and I'm getting Sounds sideways. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. And I'm drifting this whole shoreline, but I also want to have a motor behind me. Like, But I well, also you can want to get, have a motor on the boat. Kayaks have both now. Yeah, I mean, they have both, but I don't know which which – I want to go. You'll need to a trailer unless, for that. <laughs> unless Chris is talking about the outback, and the only thing about the outback is the outback is hard to stand up from. Really? It is. Yeah. Oh well. So the, the seat. Hard. I mean, I've, I've the seat on that. the outback. You have. Oh yeah. Even true. at the high. Even at the high. Um, yeah. And that's, that's why they had so many issues with the standoffs busting, because when you sit back down, the seat is so low, even in the high position. Yes. That you. That's true. You just come slamming down into the damn seat. Yeah. Um, yes, and especially so, when, when you're as fat as I am, like, it, in short, it's hard. Like, I, I have to have a rod holder set up is, like, to pull my fat ass up to stand they have when a, I'm in the They have a seat issue, and they need to fix that. They need to fix yeah. that in the next iteration of Outbacks because they've got the Outback dialed in to becoming – to. it's just such a versatile kayak, man. It is, it is. so good. Um that if they can just get that seat right, I think they're golden. Um, the seat is horrible. I can't stand it. And I've had so many Outbacks, and I've used them for tournaments for so long. And the seat is just uncomfortable and just – I'd rather have a saddle again, the old-school saddle. In fact, the Hobie Outback that I'll be using for next year's tournaments, my tournament boat is doesn't even have a seat. It's goddamn cooler. <laughs> that's funny it's a whole lot higher than sitting in that stupid seat so anyway uh yeah that's true drew, drew look man the we all know 100 percent hobie mirage drive is the best human propelled drive system that's been developed there's it's not the most a, there's, efficient yeah which makes it the best um which makes it the most efficient, but go ahead. <laughs> Prop-driven drives are very inefficient. Yep. They're uncomfortable because they're a fixed position. You can't... They're uncomfortable to you. They're I have to agree with Chris on that one. I've, I, I've tried to use the propeller, and it's just murder on my knees. I only say that because there's, there's a lot of people who will disagree that say that the bicycle... The bicycle was actually better for their, like my knees are not sore after using the bicycle, but if I'm using like, that's one of the reasons why I got rid of my But if PA. you're using the stepper motion that your knees are sore. Yes. You use more of your glutes than it's, your quads. And it, it bothers my knee more whenever I had my PA hmm. compared really? to when I had the PDL. Yep. That's funny. Well, yeah, anyway. I'm the opposite. But you know, all these kayaks now come with the same, um, mounting configuration on the back and a rudder underneath, most of them. So you can look at things like 
the uh, Native Titan, you know, um, Native Propel Max. Um, honestly, the the Native drives, I think they are probably the best rotary drive. Um, wait, oh no. no, no, what? No, it's the the old town. Uh, it's the old town. It's the um. Gosh, man, isn't that? What is the name of that damn drive? For Old Town? Yes. PDL? The PDL. The PDL. Yeah. The PDL um, has been the, the maintenance-free drive, right? They're yeah. the ones that got, that are like, you know, 500,000 miles or your money back type shit. Um, so you have a pretty good line of, of kayaks to use that have the same mounting configuration for a Torquedo for NK-180 or the new NK-300. And you're saying, you know, oh, but the 30... In their conversation we had the other day, you're like, oh, but we don't have a 36-volt battery yet. We do. It just... It, they just dropped it, like, uh, a month and a half, two months ago. Yeah. So well, we but, have, like, a 36-volt... A I think it's, like... I think it's only, like, 25 amp or something like that, but... But but here's my here's my conundrum with that. I absolutely hate the native drive in the marsh because if you get stuck in the mud, if you get too shallow, you have to line up yeah. the propeller to pull it yeah. up. Even if you have the little stop where you press drive, it dude. down. No, it's not because on the old town, the whole thing comes up. So if I get stuck in oh. the mud or I get you're stuck in about, the grass okay, in the old town, the whole, the whole propeller and everything comes up. I literally got stuck. In my Slayer, whenever it was the Slayer Propel, I literally got stuck in my Slayer for like 20 or 30 minutes. I had to jump out, you know, in freaking knee-deep, balls-deep mud, pull my kayak up and move it over to get my drive up because that's how stuck in the mud I ended up getting. Well, so, but none of the old towns have the, have the, um, my mind's blank. The rudder yep. that come down from the bottom, they flip down, which if you have a motor mounted on the back, it's hard to flip that down um, whenever you're because the motor's sitting right behind you. So that's where my conundrum comes. So if anybody can help me out on that, just send me a message and say, hey, dummy, you haven't thought of this kayak because <laughs> that's yeah. the one I may go with next year to put P127 has has P127. Um, the whole assembly I don't like the way that they did it. Um, to me, it, it seems like it. it um, they didn't fully th the the thought of how they were going to get the drive up and down and in and out of the kayak was not complete. No, I, that's how it's been with Native. That's my knock on Native. Figure out figure out a way to get that drive in and out of the water without stuff splashing everywhere and where the whole propeller can come up. Yep. Like get that done. I think but the new one does. The, we're getting the into one the in the weeds P127. Now. Like, <laughs> we're getting way into the weeds on on the <laughs> technical kayak talk. I don't know if we're. But I mean, that, that, it's a good subject because, like, you know, it's really driven into what we're trying fishing, to help you pick your next kayak. Dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because because the bass guys that are listening to this, they're just like, whatever, dude. Like, we launch and we're in deep enough water to use our drive they don't have to worry about it yeah, yeah they don't have to worry about pulling except their drive the until they get that, back to the launch unless you're except hopping for the dudes over that, that 
fish Coosa, you know, and, and all these rivers and stuff that, that actually have, uh, you know, rocks in shallow water. Those guys aren't using dry. Yeah. If they're fishing, moving water, that's a different story. Let me ask you this, Chris, like I've wanted, and I, and I probably missed this kind of switching gears. You, and probably you drew too, right? You went to the devil's river, right? And you fished, uh, mm-hmm. how was that trip? I've, did you put in, I must've missed it. Did you guys put out a video on YouTube or something about it? I know you had your, I remember the stories and the, on Instagram of you taking all the camera gear and all that. How did that go? Yeah, I put out, I put out a quite a bit of media on my trip. Drew went and his guy died. Um, so he couldn't, <laughs> he go, didn't go, die. Like, he didn't die. <laughs> It was um, it was my cousin. I still have all the uh, the media on the computer. I need to put it together and make a video. Um, but I didn't catch much fish on that trip. Um, we ended up. That's my bucket list on well, Devil's River. I was really really lucky, and I know Chris is going to say something here, but I was you know <laughs> I was really fortunate. Um, my cousin is like on a bunch of boards for the state of state of Texas, and he has like. He's on some wildlife um, committee where he's talking to the governor and everything. Like he's pretty, he's pretty well established in in like the conservation um, part of wildlife here in Texas. And there is a right at Dolan Falls. There are some cabins that a uh, conservatory this, owns. This dude had Wi-Fi the whole time while he was yeah, there. Yeah, so they, they, they own the cabins there, and he was able to to get us access to those cabins. So we got to stay at Dolan Falls for three days. Um, and the plan was only to stay at Dolan Falls for a day and then paddle down, camp, paddle down, camp, and then be brought back uh, up for the last night at the cabin. But when we were unloading our kayaks on day two, uh, my cousin hurt his back, so we didn't want to paddle down. So we stayed at the camp at Dolan Falls for three days, and just we would paddle up the river. Um, and I think you could paddle. I think it's what three miles. It's probably three miles, two miles up river uh, until you got to another waterfall. So we would just paddle up and then drift our way back. And that was that was our day. Is like a three mile paddle and then a three mile drift back to the cabin. So I thought it was going to be this big adventure and I was going yeah, to take that stuff sucks. of, you know, uh, setting up camp and, you know, pretty uh, moonlight and everything on the water. But uh, you're getting we, romantic we, we, there. It, it, yeah, it was us like cooking full meals in the cabin, in the, <laughs> in the oven and taking showers. And like it, it wasn't the typical, it wasn't the typical Devil's River experience. So. Uh, I need to put out the media on that. It was just, it was a little different experience, but it is beautiful, man. It is beautiful. That, that section of river that we got it's to see. Pristine. Dolan yeah, it's pristine. Untouched area. It is, it is great. It's definitely an experience that I think everyone that enjoys kayaking should go do at least. Once. Yeah. It's on my bucket list. Yeah. So it wasn't a grind for me and, but we didn't, we intended it for to be somewhat of a grind. It just, didn't end up working out like that. Speaking about uh, wildlife and conservatory and all that, uh, and maybe uh, was it your? You said your cousin, your your friend, uh, your brother. It's my cousin. Yeah, my your cousin. cousin. So okay. maybe he ha- actually had some work done in this as well. Um, you got to see the wildlife uh, kind of movie documentary came out. I think it was narrated by Matthew McConaughey. I thought it was great. 
um, forgot the name of it. It just came out and it went into theaters. And then uh, I think you can see it on like Apple TV or something like that. Pay like rent it or own it. But it was a great documentary about uh, Texas wildlife. A lot of interesting stuff. All right, all right, all right. You haven't seen it? You haven't heard from it? I, I know which one you're talking about, but I haven't seen it now. Uh, it's pretty cool. You should watch it. I just watched stuff. a documentary recently. Oh and my, uh, my wife thought I was crazy. I think we're afraid to ask what. Yeah. That's why <laughs> we're, we're afraid like, to ask. Oh, hold on. For like two mornings, she would wake up and she'd be like, are you watching that? Ugh. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get through it without you coming in here and asking me, are you watching that? <laughs> but uh, no, I watched a documentary on the Mars rovers because for so long, and you guys probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but that was a huge part of our life at work was the Mars rovers because it was a monumentous or, or, ordeal. Did and you they're just real- dune buggies, right? They are not dune buggies, bro. <laughs> they're just easy easy carts with what you guys probably don't know is that those temperature shields. Those uh temperature shields. Oh my gosh. Uh those things were only supposed to be on a ninety day mission and one of them lasted for fifteen years. Really? It's been that long yeah. since those things it's have been, been up there? Uh, exactly. See I completely forgot about them, and then whenever this this documentary just came out, November like fourth or something like that, and I was like, "I want to watch that," um, and I was like, "Damn, <laughs> fifteen years!" Anyway, I haven't seen the Matthew McConaughey documentary. I'm gonna have to watch it now. My wife and I are big into watching outdoor shows. Like right now, we're watching Alone for like the fifth time. The whole. 10 seasons. <laughs> Which one's that one? That's where they uh, take a group of 10 people and they send them out. They only get to bring 10 things with them and they have to survive alone. Oh, it's like a reality TV kind of thing. It's reality TV, but it's a, it's a survival um, oh, cool. show, you know, so like you get Netflix to learn a kind lot of thing? about it's on discovery channel. Oh, I'm just going to find Chris if things go down. He can teach me this stuff. Again. <laughs> I'm not very good at must, most of it, dude. <laughs> can't, like, I can't do all that. I don't I, watch we were a watching, lot of this, outdoor stuff. This dude last night like took down a, mo- a, mox, a musk ox with a bowie knife, bro. And I was like, oh, hell no. If it came down to that, my ass would be like, Fuck it, bye. Oh, excuse me. I'm <laughs> under, I mean, Not good, man. I guess I'm dying. Don't make him edit this. Lee, <laughs> you make everybody do extra work, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Getting nah, into the conversation, good. man. The f bombs just start flying. You don't think you 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 want to have that adrenaline rush like you were just saying and do crazy stuff like okay, bro. You, you yeah, but that's life ju- and death. You don't want to jump down on a deer with a knife and just like <laughs> and then eat its heart right there while it's still pumping and. You know, smear it on your face. A musk ox, um, that sucker was like 17, 1800 pounds, bro. And they're aggressive. Yeah. They're not, they're not. I don't want to kill uh, it with a knife. That's like that. We need to figure out how to make a spear. Like, <laughs> let me stay away well, first from this he, thing and throw first he shot it. it. He shot it with an arrow, but he shot it in the butt. That's so not going like, to help well, you. Well, that's not going to, yeah. So he tracked it down. 
and he would run as fast as he could, stab it, and continue running in the direction that he was he was headed, turn around, run again, stab it, continue running in the same direction. This was on TV? Was yeah, yeah. I'm surprised and, PETA or something like that big a big issue out of it. You know how right? they are. I mean, there's like, a lot I of don't mind, that I but watch. You ever watch Forge and Fire? Yeah, I've yes. watched Forge and Fire. A little okay, bit, so yeah. like almost every episode, like they chop it up a goat. Cut. <laughs> it will it kill. It will kill. They like chop up a goat, and I'm like, and they're in New York. I'm going, yeah. how does this show survive? But anyway, sorry, didn't mean to get off How did we there. get there? Like, how, I, I, how it, did we get from the native drive being the stuck Matthew in the Matthew McConaughey. To somebody it was Matthew. The Matthew McConaughey documentary. Anyways. With Bowie knives. If you're driving your kids to school and you're... <laughs> I just encourage you to watch Matthew McConaughey. Not anybody killing. <laughs> Nobody killing muscat ox with no. knives. <laughs> with a pocket knife. That's our, that's our core. <laughs> a pocket knife. Can you imagine somebody getting out their little Swiss <laughs> army knife? <laughs> what was it? Uh, wasn't it? Uh, somebody had. Oh, uh, Robert Turkula. Or Turkula, whatever you, uh, last name. And I apologize. It shouldn't be spelled. Uh, mispronounced people last name, but Robert Turkler from uh, Lunkers TV. I think he had like a controversial YouTube video where he like they were pig hunting and they, I think something happened where they got the pig and then the final blow is just to like um, stab him in the heart with a knife, like cold blooded. And I know that, you know, being YouTube, what YouTube is, that got a lot of controversy and stuff like that. But I can't yeah. remember, I didn't even watch the episode, but I've heard about it. YouTube has gotten a lot of nature people in trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, outdoorsmen in trouble. Do you recall about mm, nine years ago, maybe maybe 10, Under Armour used to have a very prominent and well-known outdoorsman on their staff. Him and his wife were very good at what they do. Oh, yeah. That's the couple that got in trouble the other day. And... Uh, well, if they got in trouble again the other day, I'm sorry, but I'm talking about oh, no, 10 years ago. <laughs> and um, he hunted down, a, I think it was a black bear, um, and killed it with a spear. And the world went absolutely nuts after the video aired um, because they felt it to be barbaric. And I'm like, mm, we've been killing things with spears People Since Donald time all over exactly. the world. Yeah, that's, that's and they, part of why why our brains are where they're at now. And this is also why I will never wear Under Armour ever again or be a part of their brand whatsoever. You want to talk about sellout? There's a sellout. They canceled. That was probably the start of cancel culture. Was those guys? They canceled that um, that outdoorsman. His whole entire livelihood pretty much hinged on on what Under Armour was doing for him or their partnership. And uh, just because he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. That, that was the content he was putting together. Yeah, was the there was this couple that got in trouble not that long ago. I can't remember. I, I've never watched them, but apparently they're very well-known uh, YouTubers or brand or content creators. They're a couple, married couple, and I think they got in trouble because some of the videos, something proved that they were poaching illegally. And then a whole bunch of things opened up, and I think they ended up being processed. Uh, I don't know if they went to jail or whatever, 
if any of my listeners, you know, leave it on the comments and social well, that media. They should. They should. Get, uh, they should. I forgot the name for of that, that couple. Let's see if I can Google it. But yeah, that that just happened like earlier this year, I think. They should definitely catch a whole bunch of shade for that. Yeah, if, if anything you're, illegal. If you're poaching. Yeah, they were poaching just to make YouTube videos. That's the worst part of it. Yeah, I mean, and if you're pulling out Glocks on otters, you should be shamed. Oh, what was that? Well. I never saw that one. I remember yeah, that one came out on KBN. If you're an outdoorsman and you're spending your time outdoors with a red dot on your Glock, yeah, <laughs> you should be shamed. The, the guy literally. Pulled I've got a out lot of friends that are doing his that, red so dot I'm, Glock I'm because two otters were swimming up in front of him. And he's like, these are very dangerous creatures. You the, you never know what they're going to do. And it, it's video of him like. Dude, he was projecting right there, ready to kill an otter as he's he, going he was through projecting the marsh. his firearm to his kayak partner. Yeah. Swinging it left and right with his guy right. And the guy in front of him's like, I'm going to go. So the guy in front of him goes, and he's still pointing the gun like at his friend in front of him at the otter. I'm like, dude, come on, bro. Like, I saw the post on KBN last year, I think it was, but I never wa- I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch this stuff. But oh, yeah, I, yeah they, I heard about they it. They made stickers, and it's, yeah. it's, still a, it's, still a, it's still a thing. Well, that is, down in that this is area. just one of, those, that's one of those instances where, you know, a YouTuber or some sort of personality, social media personality, will do almost anything for their spot, you know, their little bit of fame. Yep. You know, there, there's another guy out there, and um, a lot of people, I mean, this dude, okay, remember how, remember how that one time, Armando, you were on the Paddler's Playbook? And uh, and one of and the I, hosts threatened to kick my ass? Yeah. <laughs> scary. <laughs> By the way, I found the, it's Chris, uh, I'll real quickly, Josh and yeah. Sarah Bomar. That's the couple, bow hunting couple faces charges, Nebraska's largest poaching case ever. That's the couple I was talking about. Anyways. Well, it's good they're facing charges. Poaching is no good. Um, but uh, I lost my shit about YouTubers, right? And the whole YouTube craze. And I didn't really mean like YouTube should die, but man, it has really turned some of our culture, you know, upside yeah. down. And that's what I hate about it. Yeah. Um, and there's, you ever heard of a guy, and he's going to love this. If he ever hears this, he's going to love it because he loves, he absolutely loves negative commentary about him because he says it grows his channel and it grows his his product. But this jack wagon <laughs> is named Yak Motley, I think. You ever heard of him? He's out of Florida. No. He's out of Florida, right? I know one out of Florida. His whole stick, his his whole stick is about negative, you know, commentary. Like he'll put out the trashiest videos just to get views and hits, so that people will comment on them. And that's how he got his little silver button or gold button or platinum button or whatever. Um, And it's like people thrive off of trash content. They did do. This guy with right. the otter, this guy with the otter blew up. We blew him up. Yeah. I, th- I, I refused to share the damn video. I think and I, I refused to watch it because of that. It. Yeah, I don't share him. I've done I what I've done. And this I'm going to go here on a, a on a tangent here. But it, he, whether you like the movie or not, I like the 
the message in the movie. And um, have you watched, if you're a fan of The Matrix, I love the first one, the other ones I didn't care for, but I watched the last one that came out, which kind of follows up. Um, but anyways, I'm not going to talk about the movie, but that movie, even though it wasn't a great movie, the message behind it. So the concept of this one is this, it wasn't the same evil. There was a new evil now in the matrix world and it was algorithms. So the algorithm was the new evil, not, uh, Smith, agent Smith, whatever. The point that I, the, of this movie is the algorithm thrived on negativity that's the whole thing of the movie that's why he was invincible because hatred and 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 arguments and negativity made him stronger which again that's the moral sounds aspect like of the it. real world brother and, and that's exactly it's like that is what the real world is as far as um social media goes and I, for one, don't play into, like, I try my best. Like, I, I going back to Florida, there was this um, angler, uh, YouTuber, kind of like trying to follow in the footsteps of the Google Squad. Um, and he got pretty big as far as YouTube content created. But I never liked his content because his content was like, I remember one of the episodes, he went to somebody's backyard. Like, it was like a private uh, neighborhood or whatever. And he's fishing where the sign says private area, do not fish. So the old guy, the guy, the owner of the house, like 80 year old guy, you know, he's just, it's a Sunday. He's minding his own business or enjoying retirement life. And this all of a sudden this kid comes up and starts fishing at his, in his backyard and he's upset. So the other guy, his douchebag friend is just recording this just to get like, and the guy's upset. Like the guy's truly upset and just like, dude, this is my property. Leave. And I got so pissed off at that video. It was like, dude, if somebody comes into my backyard to ruin my day just to make a fishing video out of it or whatever it is, dude, I'd be pretty upset myself. And that's why I hate it. It's like, you're going to get likes, whatever you're going to do. Don't do it out of somebody ruining somebody's day. It's not funny. And I don't never get why people think that's funny. Like, mm -hmm. even I don't follow. We talked about that, I think, on your podcast. Well, I can't remember what podcast I was on, but I think it was yours, where, like, this guys that go to, like, golf clubs and ruin people by stealing the balls yeah. or hiding yeah. with the ghillie net. It's like, dude, I don't particularly play golf, but I'd be pissed off if I'm paying whatever it costs me to go play golf on my day off and have somebody mm -hmm. ruin my day. And what and I, sucks is there's probably 20 people in the comments saying, oh, that old man needs to chill out. He's yeah, only and that's the thing. Like, they edit it. Oh, most in of the way people that, are probably. Yeah, they it, always edit it in a way like they're like, oh, no, I'm totally innocent. But this guy, I was I was in uh, ICAST this year and I met up with a good friend of mine uh, out of coincidence. I saw him like, oh, man, how you doing? And he's working with this company. He says like, well, we just lost our biggest um, content creator or, you know, ambassador, whatever. He says, what, and I said, what happened? And he says, like, the guy kept, he's, he told me the guy, he's like, oh, yeah, no, I hate that guy. I actually blocked him so I wouldn't get his feed because I don't want to support that kind of. And there were other videos that I thought were way offline. But he says, yeah, no, we, he lost every sponsorship. And I was like, what happened? He says he was filming, like, fishing on surf casting or whatever. And he saw this uh, turtle sea turtle you know nesting or you know yeah, and he grabbed the, the sea turtle and yeah. all the eggs fell out and destroyed got destroyed like he didn't do it on purpose but he when he lifted up 
that thing he, lost he, all these eggs. And I'm he like, didn't do it on purpose, but he purposely did it for the camera. That's exactly. The, like, that's the issue. The problem is like, first of all, what kind of idiot does that? And second of all, like, why would you record it and post post it? So the funny thing is like, not the funny, I shouldn't say the funny thing, but the uproar that came out of it, he lost all sponsorship. And yet when I was in ICAST, they had a seminar where they had three content creators talk about how to create content, how to grow your content. And guess who's one of those speakers? Um, he, he That guy Boy? was one of them. <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, what are you going to say? Don't be an idiot and kill tur- sea turtles. Is that what, what is it that you get? <laughs> like, you, you just lost your, and a guy was like more than, I think he had like, he still has like 200,000 followers. But he lost all the sponsorship because of it, the, and that's the, that's what I hate about this. The thing the, about going back media, to Chris was saying, the the thing about social media and YouTube, and it's it's nothing that me, Chris, or Armando are going to change, is that you have a ma- vast majority of people who interact with those type of things who yeah. have no freaking sense. So the people that are fueling people like him have no sense at all. The people that actually have sense that would comment on how stupid it was, they're not commenting because we don't want to put they, forth the yeah. time or effort to talk about how stupid it is because to it's grow like their you're algorithm. an idiot. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're an idiot. We're not commenting on this. We're not sharing this. And it becomes where it's – the the crappy stuff is more prevalent yeah because it's getting more attention from the people who are idiots and the people who disagree with it or don't like it it you, you don't post like you don't you don't say anything you don't get on there and comment and argue with people because you you don't want to boost that up yeah. so it it, it kind of sucks because you know we have a lot of idiots on social media. We have a lot of idiot followers. We have a lot of idiot commenters and the people that actually have sense aren't spending a whole bunch of time and effort commenting, making videos on stuff and different things like that. They may make some reaction videos, but that's just how social media and YouTube and and everything else is. Now, are there, you know, good quality stuff out there, our podcast, your podcast, you know, a whole bunch of other podcasts, uh, a, a bunch of, YouTube channels of, of people who actually get it, but more often than not, the people that have some dang sense, they, they're, they're not like the uber popular YouTubers. They're not the uber popular entertainers. They're, you know, kind of the lower middle of the rung people who, who have grown a following. And I think that's why, you know, to circle all the way back to the beginning of this show where you're talking about that, me and Chris kind of have this cult following down here on the coast it's because I mean, we're not going to post idiot stuff just to get it out there. Yeah. Like we're, we're going to post logical stuff. At I the mean, end we, of the day, it's going to bite you. Yeah. We yeah. may say some stupid stuff. I mean, nah. we may talk about too much, you know, using the bathroom in the, in the, in the marsh and fat ladies you know, in gas Alabama. Station, yeah. Gas station tacos and fat ladies in Alabama. But I mean, we're we're not saying anything unethical or doing anything unethical oh, wow. or anything crazy unethical. like that. I mean, Chris hey, is talking we, about beating people up, but I mean, what? It's, we, it's nothing. We're not talking about beating people up. It's nothing. It's nothing crazy. Um, but I, I don't think any of us want to to 
be popular just to be popular or just to you know blow up by doing stupid stuff i don't want the responsibility that comes with being popular that's the ultimate sellout though that's the ultimate sellout like being somebody you're not to please others. that's true that's very true do you do you want to know something i know a lot i want to know a lot of there's actually there's actually the world champion at fishing in people's backyards are saltwater fishermen. That's true. Really? We fish well, in people's is... backyards all the damn time. Well, so do lake people that fish on lakes. But when night fishermen at, at oh, that's uh, very true on the coast. That's a whole fishermen, different episode. So we've got Armando. We've got neighborhoods down here that are on the bay that might have. 200 300 houses and they all live on canals they all they have all green have lights. lights and all those lights are full of fish so it's almost like cheating at night right you can go out yeah. there and you can just bag just tons and tons of fish all night long and we have to fish literally in, the, in these people's backyards but that's the legal time. <laughs> yeah it is if you're in the water it's legal but it, it but, is you will you will encounter in a, in an evening of oh, fishing. Yeah. You will encounter probably half a dozen people that will politely ask you to, you know, move on, and half a dozen people that will tell you to f off. <laughs> Total Karens, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, we are the world champions at fishing backyards what well, what do you do in that aspect like because to me that's one of the things that piss me off when people think they own the water if they're if they're already there fishing oh yeah no that's different yeah that and that's what chris is more talking yeah, about that, if they're that's already different. there well some of them some of them if you're already there fishing move on yeah no, of go. course yeah that's and ethical. even that's ethical. even if they come out even if they come out with an attitude i'm moving on because i don't want to deal with it yeah same here same here. I'm I'm yeah. moving on. I've I've gotten into it before with with you know w- the first time that ever happened. I was honestly with JG, and uh, <laughs> dude, he was like he was like, bro, I'm packing, and I'm gonna whoop it out on this guy if he don't shut up. And I was like, I have never experienced this before in my life. I don't ever want to be around this ever again. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is no bueno. <laughs> yeah, I I want to enjoy. I want to enjoy my time out there. So if somebody comes out screaming and yelling at me not to fish their dock, whatever, I'm I'm going to go to the next dock. Am I going to leave I, thinking that they're idiots and, you yeah. know, maybe blast them on social media or pay a teenager to egg their house? Maybe, but I'm not <laughs> like well, I'm now, not going to sit there and have the conflict with them. Yeah. Well, the hunter harassment laws also apply to fishermen if I've if I've if, if I think so you can like I've seen like I know like there is I think it was um skinny water boys TV I forgot his name god I had him on the podcast and Eric Salerio Eric Salerio from uh he's from central Texas I mean he got not shot at but he was fishing and you can see the when the when the splash of the bullet somebody was shooting next to him to get him off the water or off the water where the people thought it was his land I get it. I w- at that point, I'm getting off the water. But you know what? I'm going to came warden. I'm like, oh, and I was here. I'm 100%. pressing charges. Like this yes. cannot happen again. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's you know, once you start firing shots, you're like, okay, I'll I get think, out. But 
you're going to have to deal with the police on this. <laughs> navigable water becomes questionable whenever you're in neighborhood canals. I think there's a thin line there. They still don't own the water, though. They yeah. still don't own the water. You're and, correct. But when when if they wanted to fight it, it would be like, okay, navigable waters, that's what it states, you know, we can draw this thing out or you can just say, you know, go another direction, fish somewhere else. I like to have a, have a lot of fun while I'm fishing. Yeah. I don't want to have a bunch of negativity around me. Drew has done plenty of nighttime excursions with me. He knows I used to own my kayaks based off of how many beers I could drink on them. I had six beer kayaks the and PA. I had 12 beer kayaks. <laughs> well, the yeah. PA. The PA was a 12-beer kayak. I could drink an entire 12-pack. So it's a PA-12 for that. Okay. I get it. <laughs> it was a PA-14. <laughs> but, uh, we would go out on these nighttime excursions, and, man, I'm having a freaking blast, dude. I'm having such a great time. And as soon as I come across somebody negative, I'm be <laughs> whatever. See ya. I'm moving on. See ya. Yeah, not, not my deal. That dock it, isn't if, that important. Yeah. That's if you fine. think the... The uh, navigable term in you know saltwater uh, canals is you got I've I've done I've actually went to the website to check out what it applies to uh, freshwater and that is a whole another rabbit hole because it depends on where you are in Texas because then mm -hmm. there are deeds that say you own the water but then if the water was formerly from Native Americans. Um, that were taken over in the Spanish-American Wars. They would, that this is how crazy it goes. Really? Then you cannot <laughs> own the water, even yeah. if your deed says you own it. And then there's the other one is like, well, it depends on where the grass ends and the dirt ends. Mm -hmm. And then it's considered navigable, even if there is no water, because it's still where the water comes out. And other it's ones, still the bed. It's yeah, just crazy. I was like, bed. this is this like. Everybody's right and everybody's wrong on this. Like yeah. Louisiana has some Louisiana. loopholes like that. I was going to say, yeah. then you could go to Louisiana and people actually own the water. And yep. It's like, what? Huh? What? They will. They will put fences up mm -hmm. around their water. You can be here, but you can't anchor because I own what's underneath you. <laughs> you. You can't put your power pole down. Like it's there's they they stuff. have there's deeds that preceded uh, some laws um, that say that they own. So there are. Iris would say, yeah, I own the river, but actually it's not. It's, I forgot the term, but you can't own it because back then when you bought the land, there were communities that would live down river and you could not close water access to them because that's their means of survival. So even if the, it, it was just, I read up on it and anybody has four hours of their time, they want to lose reading, go to the, uh, uh, the website for the, uh, what is it? The. Texas Wildlife Department, go search it. It's an interesting read. The only thing is you're going to come out dumber than... <laughs> you're going to go <laughs> Go read it used. if you want to be dumb. Read it if you want to be dumber at this because it really just makes it... You'll be worse. way more confused. Yeah. It's crazy. But gentlemen, I've had you for two hours and I really appreciate your time. I've, this is the first time I've actually hit the two-hour Macanite episode. And honestly, I loved every this, minute of it. This is um, easy breezy for us, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. This is we awesome. didn't even get to talk about like actual red fishing. Like I know that was well, one well, thing you wanted to talk about. We didn't even get there. We're gonna have to do well, it again. That, now I can bring you guys back and talk about it part two.
We're gonna have to start well, you with know, that though, so we don't get yeah. like way off into you know. I've, I've listened to your podcast enough that knowing that whatever it's, idea is gonna I have, go, a suggestion yep. that probably yeah, was not gonna fly. I like that. But so, you know what? I, before we leave, before we leave, I have to correct something. And you know what? If you listen to the episode where we had Armando on, I was correcting him a lot that night, and that's probably why he went off on me. But I went off. Dude, <laughs> I went off on. <laughs> I'm shutting Look, up. Like, I was confused when you went at the on beginning. The at the beginning of this podcast, we were introduced up. as a saltwater podcast. I wanted to say something about that. Too. Although we only own like fifty percent of our episodes as saltwater. Nah, yeah, I'd say less than that. I'd say seventy-five percent of saltwater. You think seventy-five percent is saltwater? Yeah. I mean, we've had some. We've had some good guests on. We've had Armando on. We've had Chad Hoover on. Drew Gregory. Uh, the KBN guys. I'm, I'm giving I'm giving more uh, love to outside of saltwater. Yeah. I mean, we we do more than just saltwater. I would yeah, say fifty percent of our episodes have nothing to do with saltwater at all. So let me ask you this: on. you know, because we live in a different world right now. So what do you identify yourself as? You know, as saltwater anglers. You know, what's the pronoun that I should I use? I am he. <laughs> what a paddler's Look, you guys joke. You, you guys joke before you Which answer that. It? Before you answer that, I'm not joking. This happened yesterday. So my <laughs> boss is at my job. We're doing a, a, a review of my team and everything. And I get a email because we're starting to take a student therapist at my work. I get an email from uh, Taylor Green. And Taylor Green is the liaison for St. Augustine University that's sending us some therapy students. And under Taylor Green, it says she, her, something else in parentheses under her name. And I was like, oh, wow, that's in her signature on her email. And I looked at my boss who's sitting beside me. I'm like, do I have to start doing that on my email? (laughs) Like, is that the new thing? Because that is the first time I've seen that. Like, it's not. It's not a requirement. I was like, is you that? Don't have to. Well, it was my ball, so I was just like, hey man, is that what I need to do? Do I need to put he? Like, that trend me? will die soon. Something like, do, do I need to do that? But, um, do we consider ourselves a saltwater podcast? How do you identify yourself as? To no, our podcast is a paddling podcast. I there would say it's a kayak fishing podcast with a emphasis on, on redfish for sure. Yeah, redfish especially. But the true the true name of it, if you look it up anywhere, is the Paddler's Playbook: A Kayak Fishing Experience, which so I love. By the way, I love. That. I would say that it's 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 more, you know, cat kayak fishing than anything else. I and I, props to you. You have the best name for a kayak. Oh, I, I need to look. I need to pull up all when I the, read it the first time, like, this is genius. Yeah, I, I need to pull this. up all Adelaide's the names playbook. that Drew wanted to call it. You should, I need yeah, to pull the those horrible up. names that we had, <laughs> Lone Star, something or another. Like, they were, there were some horrible ones. And I sent Chris a while back um, the you mock-ups. You landed the perfect one. Yeah, I, the mock-ups of our logos that, like, me, I worked on and he worked on. And then Oof, for my, my like rod-building company, the logos. And I sent him a message and all it said. I sent all the pictures and I said, I'm glad we uh, had help with this. And I sent all the old ones and then I showed him the new one or the one that we went with. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm so I'm so glad we asked people for help. And I actually paid for my rod logo. Like, these are horrible. Like, we didn't know what we were doing. 
No, props to you guys. By the way, uh, before I let you go, where can people follow you? Um, social media, where can, where can people listen to your podcast? Where can people get advice on, you know, kayak fishing from you guys? So, so you can, you can find in. us on all the major platforms. Just search the Paddler's Playbook or just search kayak fishing and we'll come up in the in the algorithm that's evil. Um, you can we'll look for Mr. Taco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, you know, Apple Podcast, um, iHeartRadio, all, all of those that come out. And then we mainly stick to um, Instagram, Facebook. We have a TikTok. We're trying to do... Do a lot I'm not more. Trying to do too much with that. I a mean, lot more still, with it's that. It's still such a pain. That um, that is evil though. Like yeah. I'll scroll through uh, TikTok reels and oh my god, where the two hours went. I'm like, oh my god, I, <laughs> like, I've been here two hours. I got to get off of this toilet. This. My legs yes. are numb. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm <laughs> now I'm crawling, <laughs> waiting for the feelings, blood to rush back to the feet. <laughs> But you you can find us all there, and then we also you know about once a quarter you know we'll go live and we'll do a live episode on Facebook. Um, that way the bro staff can ask questions and and things like that. And before we get out of here, um, I want to really thank the partners that we've been working yes. with because I think we just uh, you know heard from all our partners that 2023 is going to be the same as 2022. So we're, we're fortunate enough enough that we've worked with uh, some really good companies real sportswear they're out of corpus christi texas they make some awesome fishing shirts guys and i'm not just saying that like not just we shirts went, shorts yeah pants. shirts shorts well, pants the pants are still coming the waiting <laughs> pants are coming out next year um but on that devil's river trip that you were talking about armando um i went to pack my gear and jessica went to pack her gear and it's all real sportswear stuff like they have some awesome. Uh, if you have some female listeners, they make uh, fishing leggings and they make shirts for the females women's that are cut, performance yeah. women's cut fishing shirts that aren't like your normal drab pastel colors like Columbia and everybody else puts out. But real sportswear. We also work with Pure Fishing, which is the parent company for Abu Garcia, Berkeley, Spiderwire, um, Ugly Sticks. Ugly pin. stick, pin, Fenwick. Um, so Savage we, Gear. Yeah, we've had a great, great time working with him, with Danny. Um, he always hooks the bro staff up. And then uh, Mariner Sales. Mariner Sales up there in your neck of the woods. We've been working with them the past year, and they've been a great, great partner to work with. They have yeah. everything under the sun up there. And Duke would Man, do I'd, whatever I'd to, to help you save money, too. I'd love to give a shout out to some of the people that have helped me personally, man. And that's, yeah. you know, Andrew at Real Sportswear, yeah. um, fantastic person. Um, Nino Gonzalez at uh, Red Tail Republic, also another fantastic person. That's the guy that he owns a sunglass company here in Texas. And it, you know what? It's one of the hardest uh, markets to compete in because all other sunglass companies are owned by a mo monster conglomerate. Uh, Luxana, you know, and <laughs> it's hard to compete with that. Um, you know, like you were saying, you loved supporting the small town companies like, what was it, Robinson Rods? Rod Douglas. Donaldson. Douglas. Douglas, Douglas Rods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's getting late around here, and some of us have been <laughs> at work since like 6 a.m. Um, but, uh, you know, and 
Drew mentioned Danny Wentz. Um, that guy has set me right more times than I can count on both my hands when it comes to uh, using the right product whenever I'm out on the water. So great group of guys. Uh, yeah, man, let's fish. I like that. And you were talking about you need to come down to the salt, dude. October, the first weekend of October is the bro staff meetup every year. All right, first, we going next first year. Saturday of October, dude. Put it, put it down. Ah, man, we're I think we're being asked to move it. They can ask. That's fine. So, they can so ask many all people. They want. Are, we can ask yeah. them to move theirs. <laughs> <laughs> the first weekend of October, man. That's the bro staff meetup. So we'll. Well, I'm sure we'll I'll see. go there before that. Hopefully, yeah. I won't have to wait till October to get them. <laughs> And if you like skiff fishing, man, let me know. I usually take at least one person out to drown every month. There you go. Bucket list right there. He'll pull you around all day long, too. (laughs) Just got to give him your shoes. (laughs) Well, guys and girls, thank you for listening to the episode. Thank you to my guests, Chris and Drew from the Paddlers Playbook. Go check them out. Go follow us. Uh, uh, You can follow me on social media, Baskayak and Beers, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Facebook, and if you have any suggestions, you can also email me or send me a DM through social media. Love to hear from my listeners. And uh, go check out the Paddlers Playbook every other Tuesday, all major podcast streaming platforms. It's been the Bass Kayak and Beers. If you're going to be on the water, wear your PFDs. If you're going to have a couple of beers, just make sure you drink responsibly. Make sure you make it back home to your loved ones. Have a great day, everyone. Peace out. Peace. See ya.